Well, amen. Is anyone else thankful? Amen. That God gives us second chances, takes the discarded pieces, and crafts them into something beautiful. Uh, so thankful for you guys that are here. If you'll just bear with us, we're, we're working out the kinks. Is, uh, so you're going to hear some strange things and sound and lights and our... There are lots of things that aren't done. I, I just got to stop before I go any further. And just I, I've just got to say thank you to everybody. Uh, last week blew my mind. I, I could not believe it. So we told you we were going to be moving out. We had a, a day to do that. And I thought this is going to be the longest day in the history of Journey. Getting everything after six years out of the warehouse and over here. And by four in the afternoon, it, the last piece was done. It was over. Uh, we had just a train of you that were helping, so thank you so much. Give yourselves a hand for serving and for, man, so much uh, cooperation and good attitudes and, you know, bump into somebody and gash them in the face and they smiled. It was great, you know, so uh, just really appreciate that. All the work that's gone in this week, so many people have worked a lot of hours just so we can even be in here today, and I'm just thankful for all of them. Uh, we still have a lot to do, so we're still going to be figuring this out as we go. Uh, next week, we anticipate having several guests, and so we're going to have some additional seats in here. Uh, we're also going to be, it may be a little warm, it, we're going to work on the air, make sure it stays nice and cool, uh, but we do hope that you will invite some friends next week. That is our fall kickoff. If you're our guest today, every year we do a fall kickoff when school gets in place. Usually we do it before now. But the move kind of pushed our date back. But we've got some cards that are right outside in the welcome area. We've got a bunch out there. Grab some. There shouldn't be any of these left today uh, when you leave because there won't be anybody else to get them to give them out. These need to go out this week. Some of you have asked about going to some of the apartment complexes, uh, which would be fantastic. Now, the way we want to do that is we want to be good neighbors. And so we don't want to just impose upon our neighbors um, just coming into the neighborhood. And the ways that we would like for you to do that is just to go up and ask the manager and just say, hey, we've got some of these. We're new in the area. We're at, at Foursquare Mall. Would you would it be okay if we left some of these or maybe tape one over in the mail area or something? But we need permission to do that. We don't just want these things to just show up all over the place because that's one way for us not to have a good impression. So uh, even though that feels like the right thing to do, we should just go out and blanket. We want to make sure that we're working within the confines of, of the way they work and not just come in and feel like we have free reign. So grab these, hand them out. We'll, we'll probably have a Facebook event post up that you can share with your friends on Facebook here in the next day or so, um, but those can be gone. If you are a guest, our kickoff, we have a, a, a great time, a great service. And then we have a cookout after. We're going to have water slides and a bunch of games and things for kids and adults to do. So you can hang out after and enjoy that time with us. It's going to be a, just a great day and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, just a couple of, of uh, other quick things. I, I had an update for Danny, um, for you guys, and there's no real reason for that. Danny's here with us today, so we're thrilled that Danny's with us. We've been praying for him. Um, has really just had a miraculous recovery, and so we're thrilled you're here. So let me just, on behalf of Danny, I haven't asked him if I can say this, but I'm just taking the opportunity. Let's not bum rush him. You know, he's still healing. The guy's still healing. So let's not just all come up and try to, let's, you know, give him, let him, let, let the guy breathe. So, um, but we're just so thrilled that he's here and uh, can be with us today. Last thing is small groups. We've been working our small groups around our move and starting the new semester. We have two groups that you can join and the sign-up sheet's out here that if you've not already joined a group, 
uh, or you've not already talked to Stacy about the group you would like to be in, then we've got a Tuesday night group that's starting and a Wednesday night group that's starting. So go sign up out here. Some of you already have started doing that. The Wednesday night group are gonna, is especially going to be for those who are new to Journey. We're going to be doing, if, you'll, if you've been through Growth Track with Journey before, we're going to be doing that on Wednesday nights here. That's going to entail about six weeks over three different seminars. The first one is just a getting to know Journey. Who are we? What are we about? Are we, you know, do we have containers in the back with snakes that come out that you'll get to handle later or not? You know, what, what, what do we do here? And so that's the first one. The second one is an essentials um, growth track. And the essentials is basically what are the basics of what we believe and how to study. And the purpose of Journey Church is to help people grow in their faith, not just to have worship services. So essentials is to help you develop some of the essential tools in order for you to grow in your faith. Now, if you already have a lot of essential tools, because some people that come to Journey, they've been believers for a long time and have great habits and, and growth and study and things, then you get to come and help with that class, and you also get to form relationships with those that are in the room. And then our third uh, part of that seminar is going to be finding your place. Uh, it's where we go through spiritual gifts. We give you, we don't, we don't go exhaustively through the spiritual gifts, but it's through spiritual gifts and helping you find your gift and a way to plug in and to know how the Holy Spirit is gifted and working within you. So that's going to start in two weeks on Wednesday night. Is that right, Stacy? Okay, so sign up out here. Be sure and do that. Um, the last thing I want to do is actually preach a sermon, <laughs> uh, which isn't really the last thing, but uh, here's, here's what I, we want to do this week. If, if you are joining us for the first time, we've been in a series called Back to the Movies. Now, the reason that we're going back to the movies is because Journey started in a theater. How many of you were in, with us in the first theater? A bunch of you were. So now you're back in a theater. Um, they're not quite, the seats aren't quite as nice, but they're pretty nice, aren't they? Uh, so we're back to the movies. Now, the thing is, the environment is, is crucial to what it means to be a church that reaches into the community. The environment is crucial, but the environment is not everything. And what is often overlooked is we can put a lot of time and effort in the physical environment, but the physical environment often is not the most important piece of the puzzle for people. It's all the other environments going on behind the scenes. It's what it feels like when you walk in the door. It's what it's like to come in, come in and is it truly a come-as-you-are kind of place. And so we've looked at three different environments that are crucial for us to create. So far we've looked at an environment of safety. You have to be able to feel safe when you come into a new place. When you go somewhere for the first time, there's all kinds of nerves and anxieties and what are they going to think of me or how are they going to treat me? Am I going to like these people? Or are they weird? There's all kinds of things. And so we create an environment of safety. Come as you are literally means you can come no matter how you're dressed, or you can come in a three-piece suit and tie if you want. And we're going to treat you and welcome you and love you the same no matter what you look like. You may have tattoos all over. You may think tattoos are the worst decision a person can ever make. We want you to be able to come as you are. And that environment of safety is crucial as a foundation because if we don't feel safe, we'll never take the opportunity to grow. We've also talked about an environment of growing, of thriving. The truth is for a lot of people in life, they're stuck. They're right in one place. They've been in that place for a long time and they have begun losing hope that they'll ever get anywhere else. And so Journey at its core wants to help people not just come as they are, 
but don't stay that way. Now, that sometimes can sound weird. What do you mean? Come as I am and then you're going to switch and bait on me? No. But when we come as we are, if we never grow to become something more than we were, then we're not living life. We are meant to grow from the time we were born to the time that we die. So come as you are. You're going to be accepted as you are, but let's be committed to becoming more. And I believe that that's what God wants to do in our lives. We also talked last week that we want to create an environment where you can make a difference. You can actually invest in other people and you can make a difference. But today I want to talk to you about what may be one of the most crucial things that are missing in the life of believers. What's missing in the lives of churches. For a lot of people watching the news, they get it sucked out of them as they watch what's going on around the world. Some based on what's going on with humanity in general. Others what's going on with the church. I don't know what I'm doing to cause that. Is that me? Okay. Y'all hear that pop? Okay. Just make sure it's not just me because it could be. I do hear things. I've had some late nights this week. So the final environment I want to talk to you is primarily to be a a peace excuse me, a place of peace for everybody that would enter. If we are not a place of peace, say that three times fast. If we are not a place of peace, then what can really happen within the confines of this facility? What can happen in our small groups? What can happen outside when people leave and go to work and go into homes that are in chaos and in turmoil? How? If we cannot be a place of peace for people to come, then how are we to accomplish any of the other things that we would like to accomplish? How is the gospel possibly going to grab people by the heart if they can't have a place to experience peace? For churches, we have for years, we've talked about the Great Commission and how important it is for us to go out and tell people about the gospel. What we haven't talked about so much is what is the environment that we create in which we do tell the gospel. See, the gospel can be very educational. We can give you the basics and read you the verses, but it doesn't necessarily encourage anybody to know Christ. And what we know is that more people today, their lives are in chaos than, than perhaps at any other time in at least our nation's history, certainly not in the world history. But people's lives are in chaos. People aren't sure where they're going to go. They're not sure if they're retirement savings are going to be there when they retire they're not sure if their job's going to be there tomorrow they're not sure how their kids are going to make it they're not sure what's going to happen when they send them to school it's just a lot of uncertainty in their lives and so there's a lot of chaos that people deal with there's a lot of trauma that people deal with Deidre and I learned in the last few weeks the number of people that will grow up and will have some kind of major trauma in their childhood primarily sexually in their childhood And it is overwhelming the number of people that will. So there is a lot of trauma going on around us. There's a lot of trauma in lives of kids when they enter into a new school or when they go to school. I was often traumatized every time I had to do homework. Anybody else? (laughs) But the trauma they endure today is much more than we endured when I was in school. The things that they see, the things that they learn. I drove by Lee Highway and saw the memorial again That's, I believe is complete now. It's just beautiful what they've done over at the memorial where the shooting happened. Our world is in chaos and turmoil. 
And yet Jesus consistently said, I am bringing you peace. I have it. It's mine to give. I'm giving it to you. You can have my peace. You can ask my family this last couple of weeks that we've been making this move. Peace has not been one of the high lists on my uh, high characteristics on my list this last couple of weeks. Amen. (laughs) Richard's not in my family, but he felt he needed to speak for them. So I'm telling you, there are times that we have no choice, I guess. But if we live lives that never exhibit peace, what have we found in Christ? Now, there's a reason that people are walking away from the church and walking away from Jesus. There's a reason that people are saying, this doesn't mean anything to me. And it's not because he's changed. It's not because he's not able. It's many times because we as his believers don't embody the very characteristics he said we would embody if we did believe in him. And we talk about joy, and joy is high on the list for us to talk about because you know, joy makes us feel good. And we want to think of joy as happiness, but joy and happiness are not the same thing. But we like to talk about it because that's ultimately what most of us want out of life. We just want to be happy. We just want joy. I, mean, I just want to be happy in my job. I, I just want our family to be happy. I just want to feel like you know, life is okay. I, I just want to feel good. But yet what we find over and over is that we're not always promised happiness, right? And he says, you can have my joy, but your joy, my joy does not look the way you want my joy to look sometimes. There are times my joy looks like chaos and turmoil and hurt and pain and and anxiety. But it is possible that through all that, you can have something that's so supernatural that supersedes that. And that is you can have peace through all that turmoil. And that's why some of the people that I look at and I think, man, I want to be like them. Or when waves come, they just stand there and go, here comes another one. Like, what are you talking about? We got to do something about this. Oh, there it goes. Well, you know. And they're ready for the next one. And they have a peace through it all. One of the environments that we, we have to create that is so much more important than what kind of room we sit in or what kind of coffee we have or how fun the videos are, how much we feel good when we sing the songs or how incredible the music is. It has to be a place that when someone walks in, they can feel at peace. Do you, is there a place in your mind that right now, if you needed to feel peace, you could go there and you could feel it? How many of you, you don't have to say what it is, but how many of you have that place in your mind? There's a place that you could go to right now and you could experience peace just by being in that place. It's amazing what can happen in a place like that. For me, it's always outside. It's outside. It's never inside. I can do a lot of things inside. I enjoy my, you know, recliner really a lot. I enjoy the TV. I enjoy air conditioning. I I really like that stuff. But if I need to feel peace, I have to be outside. And and not just outside in a parking lot. I need to be outside with green stuff around, right? There's just something that I, there's a connection there that says God is here. Now for you, some of you, it's, it's, it's McDonald's. Now I don't know why it's McDonald's for that's where God is, but, and you love McDonald's and if you walk in, it's just, it's been a bad day and, oh, I'll have a, I'll have a Big Mac. That feels... (laughs) I'm feeling good. 
For others, that place is going somewhere to be entertained, or it's Starbucks, or it's Panera, or it's somewhere like that. And it just, you walk in, and there's a noticeable difference. Like, (sighs) for a lot of us, it may be our homes, and our home has kind of been the place in which we walk in after a long, hard day. And, And for me, when I walk up the stairs into the house, I get in, and when I walk in, it's just, I'm home. There's just something tangible about an environment that makes us feel at peace. And for many of us, we know that the church is not always that. It's not always a place that embodies peace. Sometimes it it, it feels like it embodies a conflict, a battle, a war. Sometimes it's a war within people, between people in the church. Sometimes it's a war with the church against the rest of the world. And yet Jesus said, I have come that you would have peace. Our call goes far beyond communicating the gospel. Our call is to be persons of peace. Luke chapter 10 says this. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. In other words, we're talking about those that are willing to go out and are willing to say, hey, I want to help you take these steps to know Jesus that you're wanting to take. Now, what I love about this is he's talking about the harvesters. The harvest, the the planting's been done. The work's been done. The initial growth has happened. They're ready, but we need people to go out and be able to intercept and help along the next step along the path. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. The first thing you say, peace be to this house. Why? Because we are a people who crave peace. And if a son of peace means a believer, someone who also recognizes what is the source of peace. If the son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. That's a little weird, isn't it? So if there's a person of peace here and you put a blessing of peace on this place, then it will experience peace. There will be a tangible blessing of peace upon this place. But if there are no believers there, it will come back. It won't happen. They won't experience that. You, you know what that means? I, it means a lot of things I don't fully understand. But I do know what, that it means this. We have the opportunity to create peace for people who don't have it. We can offer it. We can create a place where they can come and they can experience it. For some, that, that, that moment where they kind of melt when they walk in the door is when Gene gives them a hug. Right? I didn't get my hug this morning, by the way, Gene. I need to see you after the service. We're running around. They walk in the door. I don't know if they're going to treat me right. I don't know if they think I'm weird. I mean, I feel weird. I feel awkward. They don't know all the things that are going on within me. But I'm going, and they can begin to melt when someone just shows them that they care. We have an opportunity to create this peace for others. And if we fail to create this peace for others, it really doesn't matter what else that we're doing in this place. Because that is where God is at work. A 
A person of peace is not only a believer. It's not just somebody who believes, but it is someone who is actively sharing peace with others. Now, I would like to say I'm good at this. I, I mean, everywhere I go, people just kind of, they're at peace once they've experienced my presence. I would love to be that person. And I actually do know people like that. I just know also that I'm not one of those people. I don't just exude peace. Sorry. I don't just exude peace wherever I go. Sometimes I get worked up. Anybody else? Okay, two of us do. The rest of you are a bunch of liars. So sometimes I get worked up. And, you know, and I'm driving down the road and someone swerves in and just about takes my bumper off. And I'm not feeling peaceful. I am not feeling peaceful in that moment. Whenever I feel like somebody's taking advantage of me or somebody I care about, I don't feel at peace. Sometimes I show that I don't feel at peace and I need to work on that. But I do know people who are. And I value my time when I'm with them. Because when I'm with them, they help me be more at peace. That's what I want to be. That's what I want us to be. That's what Jesus wants you to be. He wants you to be a person of peace that is actively sharing that peace with others because Jesus was so excited when he found you and you were choosing to believe him and follow him. But once he had you and he wants you to grow, he wants you to help him go find others. It wasn't just about finding me. It wasn't just about finding you. It, the whole world didn't stop because all of a sudden our eternal destiny is taken care of. He says, okay, come on, let's go. We got more to get. And that's our opportunity to go. We recognize the world is changing. We don't do things the way we always did at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock whenever we would knock on doors and say, hey, are you going to heaven or hell? We don't do that much anymore because we recognize the world's changed. But we do have opportunities to create peace for those whose lives are in chaos. We also know about peace, just so we don't take too much uh, stock in ourselves and our ability to do this, is that peace is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is not something I can just decide I'm going to do or be. I just can't decide. I'm just going to be at peace. The uh, water bill's due. We don't have the money to pay the water bill. We need to flush the toilets, drink water, and give baths, and we can't pay our water bill. I'm just going to choose to be at peace. Doesn't always work that way, does it? Mortgage payment is due. I don't have enough to pay the mortgage payment. We didn't have enough last month to pay the mortgage payment either, and now I'm getting these friendly reminder letters from my mortgage company that are not so friendly anymore. I'm just going to choose to be at peace. It doesn't always work that way, does it? It would be nice, and we could be at peace and feel great once we're evicted, or once the water's turned off, or once we can't feed anybody. That would be fine, because we would be okay with it all. But that's not the way it works for us. It's not just about a choice we make. It is a gift that the Holy Spirit has to be involved with. John 14 says this, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. This is Jesus saying, the peace I carry with me, the peace that I had in the desert, the peace that I had when I was sleeping in the boat, 
and all of the disciples were scared to death that we were going to capsize. The peace that I had whenever they came to arrest me, the peace that I had when I was tortured and crucified, that peace that I had through all of that, my peace, I want to give to you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good enough to have it. But I want you to have my peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, swap. All right. from. It's not like I have a crystal ball and I'm going to all of a sudden point out what your problem is. I'm not going to do that. But what I know is in a room full of three people, at least two of those are going through some kind of anxiety. So some of you are experiencing that right now. It could be over your health. It could be over someone's health that you love. It could be over your jobs or your financial stability or lack thereof. It could be over the direction that things are going in your life, in your work, at home, at your church, it could be all kinds of things that create that anxiety. And what would happen if you had the kind of peace that Jesus ex- exhibited and had himself? He says, I give this to you. I give you my peace. Now, keep in mind for those of you who are already jumping to the side that if I am spiritual enough and good enough, then I won't let things bother me anymore. Keep in mind that Jesus is also the one that in the garden, before he was arrested, said, God, if you could take this from me, take it. We know that his anxiety was so great that he sweat drops of blood. He was not a guy that just said, whatever. There goes another nail. Let's do another one. I mean, that's not how Jesus lived life. And if you're expecting that the kind of peace he wants to give you is the kind that you just go, hey, somebody just totaled my car. That's great. That's not the way that Jesus lived his life. But there's something in us that wants us to be that way. Because very few people really enjoy anxiety. Very few people enjoy fear. Very few people want to live their life that way. Now, there are some. I I will grant that there are some that they just, anxiety is the fuel that gets them going in the morning. They don't need coffee. They just need some anxiety to get going. And they're just always anxious. And they're always struggling. And they don't want to be a person of peace. They don't really like the fact that you have peace. And so they're just going to take some of their anxiety and cast it upon you so they can be one big happy party together. Those are not fun people to be around. And they do exist. But those are the exception, not the rule. Because remember, God created us in his image to desire the things of God. And something deep down inside of us, though it gets buried by many different things, is longing for peace. Even that person that loves to bring chaos into a room. There's something deep inside that says this is what we need. Even if you have peace, I think this is one of the most frustrating things that we've experienced in the last few years when it comes to faith and, and believers. 
is that there are people who experience peace, but then they want to keep it all for themselves. Some of you are thinking, I wouldn't do that. But sometimes as the church, if we're going to choose to be a place that is peaceful to others, we have to make the choice to let this peace not reside just with us. It can look a number of different ways. It can look like this is my favorite seat. This is I feel at peace in this seat. You don't sit in my seat. I shared a story a couple of weeks ago at a church that we were in, and, and literally the couple that had sat in that pew for the last 50 years stood beside a guest until they left, and so they could sit in their seat. That was their seat. I mean, it happens. We've seen people that believe that we, we had a great ministry opportunity one time to, to do some incredible things and in, in helping provide food for those that, that don't have much, and, and some of the comments that came out of that conversation where do we really want those kinds of people in our church yeah I, 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 is there is there any discussion should there be any discussion on this no there shouldn't but you can choose to say the peace is ours get a get your own peace this is ours and though many of us would never admit that that's what we do that is how we live our lives we're very closed off. We use all our resources for ourselves. We use all our time for ourselves. You know, I just, I know somebody needs help, but I, I'm, the game's on. And so we choose other ways of spending our time and our resources rather than giving of ourselves to those who need it. There are many ways that we will say that peace is mine. We have to choose to allow that peace to go to others. How do we do this? Let's, let me go th- I'm going to go through this somewhat quickly because I've been talking about around this. Here, let me give you some quick ways that we do this. Number one is, first of all, you can't give anything away that you don't have yourself. So one of the ways that we give away peace is first we receive peace. Romans 10 8 says, what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. You have the opportunity to say, I believe. I confess you are my Lord. I will follow you and you can receive that peace that peace comes by doing just that we cannot give peace away if we don't have peace ourselves and the truth is you'll never be at peace until you know jesus you never will we're living in a world that is just rapidly disintegrating in the search for happiness and the search for validation, personal validation of whatever desires they have, even if those desires aren't healthy. And so we just, as a culture, are just saying, whatever, just whatever. And all of that, at its core, is a search for peace. They're searching for peace just like you and I are. But what we see through time and time again through history is that they're searching for it in ways that don't actually bring peace. It just brings more anxiety. You'll never be at peace until you know Jesus. What are the other ways that we choose to share his peace with others? This is a huge one. This is so easy. We choose to simply build up others. 
Is that hard? We encourage others. Mom and Dad were going to be here today. They actually came down yesterday and spent the night with us last night, and they wanted to come be here in the new place. And, and so, um, but they had to leave. Uh, they left at 6 o'clock this morning because uh, their alarm went off at their house, and they weren't sure what had happened, and so they had to get up there to see what was going on. So not a peaceful moment uh, by any stretch of the imagination. So they wanted to be here with you on this day. But I remember one thing that my mom would say growing up, and I hated it over and over again, is anytime I would say something negative about anything or anyone, now tell me three positive things about them. <laughs> I hated that. Mom, did you not just hear what I had to say? What makes you think I want to say anything positive about them? And they, you tell, you know, I'm not leaving. It. And I, if, those of you who really know my mom know that she's not hard and heavy-handed, but she will pester you to death. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Three things. I mean, literally, it's, it's comical to everybody else unless you're her child. <laughs> Tell me three things that are positive. Building others up and encouraging others is not difficult. But it can be hard for you to begin thinking in a way that how do I encourage somebody else? That can be a difficult transition to make. How do we build up others? Another way that we can do this is by creating a peaceful environment. How do we create a peaceful environment here in this place? Well, let me just, let me just kind of put on my administrator hat here. Here's, here's how we do it. When someone's new that they're walking in the door, we welcome them. I know, I know it's rocket science. It's very difficult stuff here. When someone new walks in the door, we say, hey, we are glad you're here. Now, what's going to happen is some of you, when you see somebody you don't know, you immediately turn the other way. Nothing against the person coming in the door, but you just, their anxiety builds up in you when you see somebody you don't know. I mean, you're just, I'm fine with the people I know with my people, but when I, you're not one of my people yet, I don't want to talk to you. I'm nervous. I'll say the wrong thing. I'm not sure that I'll make you feel uncomfortable. I already feel uncomfortable. You know, I know all those things that go on because I'm one of those people. But we choose to welcome and say, we want you here. Come on in. Let me show you where coffee is. Let me sit with you. Oh, here, let me move so your family can sit together. You know, we welcome newcomers. We positively engage others. We say positive things. We encourage them. One of the things I hated was when no one knew I was, I was in the, the vicinity and people start saying what the, how they really feel. Isn't that fun? I, if I go to Panera... No joke, I always sit next to the disgruntled church members, not you folks, but some other church, because you all don't go to Panera, right? You all go somewhere else. I don't know where you go. I don't want to know. So you all go there. I'll keep going to Panera. But I sit next to always the disgruntled church folk who just don't go, I mean, can you know what the pastor did? You know what a Sunday school teacher did? I mean, they just go after it. I'm like, are you joking me? I'm one day I'm going to say it because I'm not naturally a person of peace, but I want to be. I've already shared that. I've acknowledged that. I've confessed it, and I'm working on it. But I'm eventually going to say, would you just shut up? (laughs) Because your little group table event here has just convinced the entire rest of the restaurant to never want to be a part of a church ever. The way that we communicate is so crucial. We can positively engage others. They assume we're going to be negative, but we can be positive. We can do this because we have the Holy Spirit within us. We can also serve others. 
serving is going to be crucial moving forward. If this place is just for us, we're in trouble. But we are here, and Jesus has done something in us for us to do, help him do something in someone else. And so we serve others. We're going to need lots of help serving. We've already seen that in an incredible way through, through so many. But it means by serving others. It means serving others in children. It means serving others in small groups. It means serving others in coffee and projection and bands. It means cleaning. It means helping to give financially so that things can happen for others. Serving others. But it also means that we have to be authentic. We have to be real. Now, I don't mean that you say everything that's on your mind as if it doesn't matter. Because if you're not a believer, that's fine. You've got that freedom. If you are a believer, then that should change how we communicate. It should change how we live. It should change what is authentic about us. Because it's now Christ in us. God's presence can be felt by those who are in the presence of persons of peace. We know that. We read it in so many different places. John 13, 35. By this all people will know you're my disciples. You have love for one another. That's another way of saying that. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. We want journey to be a place of peace for those who haven't experienced it. And I don't mean it being journey. I mean it being peace. We want to be a place where they can experience peace and they haven't before. Did you know that the staff of this church are the least effective at doing this? And the most effective people are doing this are the people who aren't in a leadership role of the church. Because they assume that a leader in the church is supposed to do this and they really don't want to. But if you're not a leader of the church, you're doing it because you want to. That's one of the reasons that your impact is so great on those outside of the church. What I'm trying to say is none of this can happen without all of us. It can't happen. We need you. We need you to embrace the idea that your life, now that you know Christ, is meant to invest and help others. It's meant to give to others. It's meant to share with others. We need you to come in and, and, and help put on... Listen, here's what I would love to see in this room during the week. With all of the people living around this area, Sunday morning is something that's going to look like this. But here's what I like to happen during the week. What if we could provide life skill training for people that need it in the community around us? What if you hate your job and you don't have any qualifications for anything? And what if we could just help you write a resume? Some of you think, I don't know, that doesn't sound like that big of a deal. Except when you hate your job and you're trying to find something that will pay the bills and you don't think you can do anything else. What if we had somebody come in and we help them take that step? We help alleviate anxiety in one area of their life and we create an environment where they experience peace and we hope will be open to the gospel. 
well, how would we do that? We would need people to be over here to help people know how to get around. We would need for people to run sound, and we would need to have people come and speak, and we would need somebody to come and clean up after everybody has been there. There are so many moving pieces that make everything happen. It's not just about, hey, I'll stand up here and talk for a while, and some people will sit in these seats, and then we'll do it tomorrow too. It, it doesn't happen that way. It takes so many moving pieces to make that kind of stuff happen. What, what if we could do marriage enrichment seminars for those struggling in their marriage in the community but we need somebody to print out some stuff and take we need other people to take them out there and let it let them know it's there when they walk in the room let's if we just have the person teaching the the course or leading the seminar and they're the only one how are they going to tell people where the bathrooms are where the coffee is how to sit down if they have a problem how to address that where child care is going to be it takes a whole village to make those happen and you already have things you could do with that time. You've got all the other things in the world that you could be doing. And we're asking you to begin thinking of your time as something Jesus wants you to invest in others. And I will tell you that when that begins to happen, the peace that you begin to experience and the overwhelming sense of shalom, this well-being that you experience is far better than anything you would have spent your time on. Except for maybe those in the nursery and a diaper explodes. I can't promise that you're going to experience peace and well-being in that moment. But I can tell you you're helping mom and dad experience peace and well-being in that moment. And there's a reward for that. As we talked about last week, some of the things that we do, we never receive that reward in this place. Instead, it's a reward that we receive later. The truth is, without you, none of this can happen. So here, here's how I want to close today. I want us, we, we've already had a prayer of thanksgiving and a, a prayer for communion. I'd like for us to, to have a prayer of peace over this place and the people that we're, will enter into this place. Now, I know logistics, we're still working out logistics in a, in a room like this. So we're just going to, it's kind of old school. Gosh, I don't mean to do this on the first week like, hey, we're going to start doing altar calls and stuff. But we may, who knows? But I want to open up for the opportunity for you just to come and pray. But quite honestly, if you'd like to walk out of the room and pray, you can do that. If you want to walk up to where the youth are going to be meeting upstairs, you can pray up there. You can't walk down the children's areas until you're ready to go pick up your kids yet. But if you'd like to move around and pray, I'll, I'll, I'll let you do that. We do have another song after this, so you may want to just stay in here too. So I'll just open it up for whatever you want to do. But see, just... Because a leader prays doesn't mean that the environment will happen. It takes us all. So I'm going to just open us up with a prayer. And then we're just going to have some time of just quiet prayer time for you. For you to pray where you are. If you want to come up and kneel up here. If you want to move around the, the, the building. Whatever. Just not the kids rooms. I'll get in trouble if you go in the kids rooms. But if you would like to do that. Let us be a place of peace. Would you pray with me? Father, God, I thank you for, uh, gosh, just the overwhelming gift of your son to us. God, I thank you that in a world of so many inconsistencies and so many things that we don't know what is true and what's not true, you are very clear on what is true, what is real, what exists. Father, I thank you that your love for us is so overwhelming that even though I'm incapable of loving to the capacity that I have received, that you help me grow. 
God, I thank you for the last eight years we've experienced as a church. I thank you for so many people that have been with us from the beginning and they continue to just love each other and love us and reach out to those outside of our walls. I, I just thank you for what you have done in their hearts and as a result have influenced the rest of us. I thank you for those who have made decisions to follow you even when it's difficult, even when people don't celebrate outside of church that they've done that. I thank you for the work that we've seen happen at the warehouse, and I'm excited about the work that you have planned for us here. Father, I pray that your spirit would be with us as we move forward, that we would not simply be a group holding worship services, but this would be a a place of peace for those who are struggling with turmoil. Father, I pray that you would help us in the times that we have the opportunity to give to others, and yet we are tempted to withhold for ourselves. That you will open our hands and open our grasp so that we'd be willing to give to others. Father, I pray that you would hear our prayers and that you would be at work in every life that's in this room. Every life that's in our kids' rooms, our leaders, our volunteers who are giving of themselves. Father, I pray that our worship in this place would be powerful. But not in the sense that we listen to our favorite CD, but instead that our relationship with you is built. I pray that our friendships in this room would be strong, life-giving. Father, I pray that our service at times when it is just hard work would not be in vain, but would yield fruit in a world that needs you. Father, I pray that you would hear all our prayers in these next few minutes. If you'd like to be a person of peace, all it takes is to believe and to follow choose to give that peace to others if you'll make that choice I could be a part of your prayer desperate for peace and your life is anything but there is hope through the Holy Spirit that is given freely because of Jesus' death on the cross for you it may not look like a life without any anxiety at all but it is a supernatural peace that allows you to go through it with hope for the future and a purpose in life when life seems purposeless you can receive that today Father, we thank you that we can be people of peace. Let us be your people in this place. Let those who are struggling find a place of rest and hope. Let those who have given up 
on life, have given up on you, have an opportunity to experience true life that you have not only hoped for them, but you promised them as your followers. I ask all this in Jesus' name.